the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talk a little strategy, investing, getting you to retirement. What number are you going to need? What excuses can you make? What excuses can you not make? How late can you start? Anything that'll help us get there. One of the things that I have is I have some rules. And recently I've had to like start talking a little bit more to my children about what is money. And they hear the stories about Wall Street. They hear the stories about it being in a a recession coming. They hear the stories about inflation. But they hear them on the playgrounds of the elementary schools and the middle schools. A couple things that I try to teach them so as to calm them. They come to me thinking, are we going to lose this and that? Are we going to lose this and that? And usually it's pretty frugal stuff um, or pretty non-frugal stuff like an Xbox Game Pass. And I'm like, no, we're not going to. I have multiple sources of income. And it's something I found myself for the first time ever explaining to my kids, multiple sources of income. But even more importantly, I want to talk to you and not my kids right now. Markets tend to return to the mean over time. That's really important. You need you got to grasp that. You really can't look for the 10 to 20% returns. You need to look for the 8 to 10. I think going for the 0 to 4 means you're really conservative. I think going for the 4 to 8 means you're eh, a little growthy, a little incoming. Going for the 8 to 10, 8 to 12 means you're, that's where you can go. Anything over that, there will eventually be hell to pay. Or it just comes with more volatility. By return to the mean, what you need to remember, if you need to go back to high school real quick, is that stocks go too far in one direction. They tend to come back to their long-term trend. Overly fork, like we had in 2021, leads to overly pessimistic like we have in 2022. When you have that kind of euphoria or pessimism, you get a little cloudy in the head. And it's not because you had too much to drink this weekend, although you probably did have too much to drink this weekend. Excesses in any one direction leads to an opposite excess in the other. So when markets are going down and it feels brutal, just know that this too will come back. The pendulum also will swing the other direction it doesn't just go against you and it hates you you just have to have enough capital or time to write it out there are no new eras um there's an influencer that i follow in crypto and i'm starting to laugh because she's kind of pathetic she does these little 20 to 30 second instagram clips and she talks about how you know if you want to be like me chico then you two need to go with Bitcoin, eh, papi? And basically every disaster in Bitcoin, she is now covered as one of the mistakes that leads to greater wealth for her. 
for some reason, she's got a Latina thing that seems to be embellished. <clears throat> so she snaps her fingers a lot, which is kind of cliche. Um, I bring this up because there is no new era. Um, for what I've been talking about, things reverting to the mean and excesses in one direction tend to lead to excess the other. She doesn't know that. And yet she's out there telling people like, it's okay to be down 80%. No, it's not. It's not. It's going to be tougher to dig out of. But she'll forget that conveniently. And your influencers will forget that. Just throwing it down. Exponential rapidly rising or falling markets usually go further than you think. Which means that even though things will return to the mean over time, even though excesses in one direction lead to the exact opposite excess in the other direction, anytime anything exponentially rises or falls, it could usually go on a little bit longer than you think before that pendulum swings back. The public is the dumbest people that you could possibly talk to. They tend to buy at the top, they tend to sell at the bottom. Over 60% of all Bitcoin investors have now lost money because they bought high. And yet you think about how many millionaires and billionaires have been made in crypto. It's not that many. The people who got it euphoric during the 2021 stock market and used government spending stimulus money for you. And you, you went out and potentially gambled with it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you don't know what you're doing and you're investing in, on Robinhood, you're gambling. And let me give you an example that'll make you vomit. After Hurricane Katrina happened, the United States government sent people a lot of checks. After any hurricane happens, America, uh, the government sends people checks. And in the South, if you happen to live in a state that has riverboat gambling, a lot of those checks go to the riverboat gambling. People tend not to rebuild with the money they're supposed to build on. People tend not to use their stimulus to help the economy and pay the bills. And when the stock market's cooperating, it's very, very good to pull that off. But when the stock market is not cooperating, you end up feeling like you just took the government's money and blow it. And well, at least it wasn't my money, it was the government's money. I know what you're thinking. We've seen the news in poor parts of the country where people go to the riverboat casino well. They got what they deserve. They'll be poor for life. We tried to help them with a handout and they went and gambled. That's why I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand people who play the scratchers. The people I see who play the scratchers are the people who don't really have disposable income to buy a card, scratch it, and rip it up and throw it in the trash. Not a lot of value out of that. So the public buys the most at the top and the least at the bottom. I'm not happy with 2022. You know what I'm happy with 2022 is? That everything in my 401k that I've been putting in, in my Acorns account, in my investment uh, discretionary accounts, everything that I've put in in 2022 is at a discount compared to 2021. I like that, but I don't like it this year. I'll like it when they hit all-time highs again, but not this year. Pendulum's still going the wrong way. Bear markets have three stages. We're in a bear market, I'm pretty sure, in the S&P 500. That's a sharp down, a reflexive rebound, and then kind of a drawn-out fundamental downtrend. 
where we're, that's kind of what we're going through now, where we've seen the big shock of the drop. We've seen some fight your way back days. And now what we're seeing are companies report earnings. And when they're bad, they get punished. When they say, we don't know about our future, they get punished. And the ones who don't, they're slowly, you know, finding their footing and, and starting to accumulate again. When everyone is saying the same thing, we were saying last year, 70 all-time highs in one year in the S&P 500, it's, it's a record. It's unheard of. We don't like it. You got to listen. It, that's not the be drunk right now. Go in swimming. Go 10 feet out. Go 20 feet out. Go 30 feet out. Sharks are right around 30 feet, right? It's not the best time to be optimistic. No, no, no. Foolish. Research light. Something like that. And finally, bull markets are a lot more fun than bear markets, and you have to have some non-fun days. I tell that to my children on a regular basis. Can't go to Disneyland every day. Can't go to see movies every day. Can't eat out at restaurants every day. Same thing with Wall Street. Bear markets are no fun. Bull markets are a lot more fun, but you kind of need to to balance things out in your life. I hope that helped. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You have to have some rules that you understand on how things work. Can you write them down? I can. I just did, and I talked about them. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. So let's say you went to college and you got your fancy degree two, three years ago, and you and your buddy came up with a great app, a great idea, a great business. Those people are getting hurt right now. The privately held startups, the ones that you want to sell in two to three years or become CEO of a much bigger company, get private funding. They're seeing that the secondary market is showing a lot of pressure in pre-IPO companies. And we know this would happen when the stock market goes down, people start it's like when the mortgage market starts to hurt or the real estate prices start to fall, people really look at, hey, how much are we giving this person a loan? Let's think about this. But when things are good, they're good and we don't think about it. You do see a trend here, right? So $329 billion in funding poured into startups last year with some nabbing valuations that even their founders said were too high. A lot of companies that raised rounds in 2021 are now experiencing a 40 to 60% discount. Now, this is good news and bad news. It's bad news if you work at that company. Whoops, your window's closing, or maybe it's not as open as it once was. But if you're a stock on Wall Street right now, like Peloton or Apple, and you want to catch the attention of an investor, like, yoo-hoo, over here, there'll be fewer companies coming public in the next year to go, ooh, I really like Apple's core business of selling phones and their services, but over here, we have a company that's got a really cool app that's growing three times, four times, five times as fast. So when venture capital starts to dry, it means fewer companies come to public. And when fewer companies come public, fewer opportunities for you, fewer opportunities for dollars to make decisions. Apple could go away from the Lightning port and move to the USB-C port potentially this year. They've started doing it. And what's interesting about it is all because the European Union 
has put pressure on Apple to go with a universal port so they could stop making egregious amounts of money on their cords. A couple of years ago, no, not even a couple, 15, we really, we, Wall Street really started figuring out Apple was making, and I wish I could curse, a poop ton, an egregious amount, a ton. Okay, I just fake paused there. So you thought I got dumped. No, I didn't. Um, Apple was making too much money on cases and made too much money on cords. And you're like, aren't they a phone company? Yes. Isn't that a case that they sell you for $55? Really only worth about a dollar? Yes. And those, my friends, are profit margins that are fat. So going away from the lightning port probably doesn't mean much to you. To me, it means... Uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to tinker with their margins elsewhere. How Uber One is moving to a subscription service. But the problem with Uber One as a subscription service is that all management wasn't on board. So they've been fighting since launch. And it's just not working as a subscription model. It's okay. On occasion, Wall Street will do what are called trial balloons. 12 artificial intelligence and researchers and engineers quit Meta to join a new startup venture, spanning machine language, technology, blockchain, infrastructure, and career mentorship. Um, that's called a brain drain. And when 12 people all do it at the same time at one of the most important divisions in your firm, it tells you like, yeah, thanks for incubating us. Thanks for giving us money to fund our project. And we're going to go to start our own thing. Goodbye. Netflix employees can quit if they don't want to work on content they disagree with. This was an odd press release. I saw it on Twitter and I was like, huh, I wonder what people are going to think about this. Like the Twitter reaction is a little different than the Wall Street reaction. The Twitter reaction could be something like a lot of thumbs up. So Netflix employees can quit if they don't want to work on content they disagree with. That move was praised by Elon Musk. New company guidelines say Netflix may not be the best place for employees who are unwilling to work on content they don't support. Netflix is considering live streaming shows and they got a rare upgrade, a rare by not ever, but it's been a good six to 12 months since Netflix has been upgraded. They got an upgrade over the weekend um, from a longtime bear on the company. Someone who said it was overvalued, it was overvalued. For five years in a row, he said it was overvalued. For five years in a row, he looked wrong. And then he was right. And he's coming out this weekend and saying, you know what they're doing with the whole Ozark at the beginning of May or the end of April, beginning of May, and what they're doing with Stranger Things at the end of May Will that lead to something staggered, like another Bridgerton season? He likes the staggering of shows. So he's saying this is going to help Netflix. And finally, they've been humbled, so maybe they'll pull back some of their spending on content. Elon Musk's Twitter deal, is it shakier than ever, or is it just me? He got a, a letter from Twitter basically saying you violated our non-disclosure act, your NDA, and we don't like that. <laughs> it doesn't really take action, but it says we don't like that. Stop doing it. 
Um, what's interesting to note about this is he seems to be doing everything he can to get the deal to fall through, and he's going to be on the line for a billion plus. Would you spend a billion dollars over a four-month period to have your name splashed all over the headlines? Well, he certainly can afford it, right? This weekend in a, another round of, oh, again, the Buffalo Mass Shooting Gunman live streamed the attack on Twitch. Um, if you don't know Twitch, it's kind of like YouTube for gamers or TikTok. Um, and it's not really just for gamers anymore. It was a service that was bought by Amazon. And essentially what it, you could, it's probably, it was really meant for gamers at one point in time, because as I'm getting older, I don't really want to play the newest, best Dark Souls game or Elden Ring, I guess is what it's called now. I don't really want to go and learn how to mash buttons X, Y, zero square, X, Y, zero square, 14 times in a row so I can behead the demon. I wouldn't mind watching people do it. And if they're funny or they're cute or they're sexy as they do it and they, they kind of like entertain you for an hour a night and you watch 10 hours over two weeks and you're, then you played the game. But you did it through the eyes of someone else, kind of a virtual metaverse, right? Right? See what we're picking up here? But yeah, the Buffalo mass shooting gunman that killed at least 10 people live streamed the attack on Twitch. What a world. I, if my dad were to come back to life after 25 years, I don't even know how I would explain stuff like that to him. Is he grew up in a different world, a different generation, a different five-year period. Like watching hockey last night, I just realized how much the game has changed in just five years. Our life changes a lot. Are you ready to have someone live stream murdering your children on Twitch? I'm not ready for that. The world's changing in a bad way. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I tip my hat to Barbie and Mattel. They keep coming out with new versions of Barbie. This most recent one is a deaf Barbie, which I guess has hearing aids. And I think it's lovely to be inclusive to children that can look at something and say, that's like me. At the same time, it's weird that we still live in this world, isn't it? That That's like a win or that's kind of like a, a token over the weekend that we go. Yeah. So Barbie and Mattel, it just I bring it up in large part because um, it is going to sound really creepy when I'm about to say I hung out with a 13-year-old girl a little bit this weekend. She's a friend of my son's. And um, I can tell you the last thing in the world that she cares about is Barbie. This girl, uh, she's like talking about SpaceX and Elon Musk. And she has her own set of heroes. And it doesn't come from a plastic figurine. Because the 21st century has empowered her with a lot of information. The the power of universities is at her fingertips because of the internet. TED Talks, um, classes on how to improve your life. Uh, she is knowledgeable and she is curious and it's all there. And I like that. It makes me feel pretty good compared to Barbie. Saudi, uh, Saudi Aramco, their oil profit surged 80% amidst the U.S. Uh, funded. Is that what we're going to say now? Ukraine war. 
what we're seeing out of the United States Congress and the president, it's a lot of money going to Ukraine. And I know that has to flip people out. We are a, a nation of people who are flipped out or not flipped out or compassionate or not compassionate or empathic or not empathic. But when you see Saudi Arabia, their big oil company, profit surge 80%. And you look at Exxon and you look at Chevron, their stocks are sitting at all-time highs. You're like, I don't like this. There's something wrong with this. And you look at our government spending billions and billions and you know, okay, it starts off with 14 billion, then it turns into 900 million more, and then it turns into 40 billion more. What do we have at stake at this? A lot of world stability is what we have at stake. Um, I interviewed David Gergen many, many, many years ago, and he worked for both Republican presidential presidents and Democrat. I thought he was always, I thought he was a pretty reasonable guy on the Sunday talk show. So somehow his book came out and my producer was like, you want my book? I'm like, sure. And the one thing that he said, you know, to someone who was punk like me, and when I was in my twenties, I still had a lot of punk ideas like, oh, this, we're, this party is better than that party. And, uh, this party doesn't know how to spend as well as that party does. And this party spends too much. And this party spends too much. Like I had political anglings and then that I had figured everything out. And Gergen was someone who just kind of slapped me around. And I said, why are we spending in a, a, let's just make one up. Why are we sending, you know, billions of dollars in aid to Uzbekistan or what was the village that, um, black panther lived <laughs> you know like why are we spending so much money to fund other nations and his opinion was if you make the world a more stable place it becomes a lot more safe of a place if the world is more of a safe place corporations will spend their money and they'll build factories and they'll hire people in all parts of the world if you hire people in all parts of the world you basically settle down the world because people have jobs to go to they feel like they're earning their way they feel like they're feeding their families and they don't become radicalized. They don't become angry. They don't become frustrated. And that was my way of like, okay, if you want to send money off to Africa to feed the poor or move people from the desert to the city, or if you want to, I get it. Government is supposed to help a lot of people. But it has to be frustrating for a lot of Americans right now to see a oil giant Saudi Aramco pass Apple as the world's most valuable company. And... You know, you line up the jokes and the Rust Belt in the United States, and they're not happy. Saudi government, which owns 98% of Saudi Aramco. Let me repeat that again. Saudi government, which owns 98% of the company, Saudi Aramco. Um, they're not really helping at this point in time, but do we expect them to? Someone like McDonald's is probably going, you know what? We probably are going to think twice before putting... A McDonald's in another country that's not stable or that has the ability to become unstable due to oil prices. And therefore starts the chain of pain of slowing of business money, slowing. So I get the frustration. Um, what else is out there? Social security is seeing the biggest boost in 41 years this year. And it looks like it's going to rise again next year by a lot. Now, let's play the game on one hand. On one hand, if your mom or dad are collecting Social Security, you're like, sweet. They could get an 8.6% cost of living adjustment or COLA next year. That's about 70 million Americans earning 8.6% more. 
Now here's the negative. So look at your grandparents to the right. Now look at their grandchildren to the left and go, who's paying for social security. And when they're, when you look at the grandchildren, you're like, Hey guys, are you guys making babies? Are you guys going to make taxpayers to pay for your social security? Cause grandpa and grandma are taking your social security right now to the tune of 8.6% more. Now, if you're going to be a barista at Starbucks and live in the house until you're 25, you got to kick in an extra 8.6% to cover grandma and grandpa. Otherwise, we're spending more than we should as a nation. So for the average retiree who gets a monthly check of $1,657, the bump would be an additional $142 a month. It'll be a lifesaver for many people. It'll be an extra week of groceries. They'll be able to afford to heat their home. I get it. That's a big bump. But again, it's something that I think about on a regular basis. And I was talking with a friend who's trying to figure out the debate of leave California or stay in California, go to a Republican conservative state or, or not, because um, his wife doesn't get along with Democrats. And I'm like, okay, so here's, you know, I was, I was running through the financials with him. And the biggest thing that he kept getting caught up on is he's not going to make as much money as he does in California. Um, I'm like, yeah, but she'll be happier. Kind of thing, you know, there's a price. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should have done this when you're 25 instead of when you're 50. Um, when you're 25, you could take risks, financially speaking. When you're 50 and you're changing careers and you're asking your spouse to go get a certification in sign language so she can contribute to the family because uh, suddenly things have gotten a lot more expensive and she can no longer stay the housewife or the homemaker. It's a lot easier to do that when you're in your twenties because you don't realize what you don't have. You don't really need. Um, but when you're 50 or so, you're like, Oh, my Tesla is a hundred thousand dollars and I need to find a charging station for it. Actually, you probably never needed the Tesla in the first place. Right. So Social Security about to get a big boost. I'm okay with that one. You know, again, pendulum swings. Uh, the CPI, the number that was, is heavily used to influence how much the government gives and raises in Social Security. Uh, it's been an underperformer for a long time, causing our seniors not to get much of a bump. They're getting a pretty good bump right now. Spirit Airlines is soaring 22% after JetBlue launched a hostile takeover bid. What a mess. What a mess. Spirit Airlines doesn't want to be taken over because they think the government's going to veto it, nix it. Uh, so now Spirit Airlines and Frontier Airlines are on one side, and maybe JetBlue is trying to woo Spirit over. Hostile takeover. They tend not to work. Uh, JetBlue sent a letter to Spirit shareholders offering $30 a share, but also said its earlier offer of $33 a share is still on the table as Spirit Management negotiates. Tender offer is due to commence Monday, stay open until June 30th. So if you own shares, you can now give them to JetBlue at $30 a share. That's interesting because they're currently at $18 a share. Spirit's set to hold a vote on the proposed merger with Frontier at its June 10th shareholder meeting. So that's coming up. JetBlue added that its April deal fell short after Spirit demanded a higher breakup fee. Um, it's a complicated way of getting married. 
to say, okay, I'm getting married to Steve, but Jim, if you're interested, make your best deal now. Cause I could go with Steve. If you end up with Jim, you feel like something's wrong. And if you end up with Steve, something's wrong, right? Someone's going to be mad and someone's going to be upset and someone's going to be played. That's Wall Street for you, right? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's been a negative trending year with interest rates trending higher. Ben Bernanke has said the Federal Reserve's slow response to inflation was a mistake. That was a bit of an odd headline to see this morning in large part. You really don't want recent Fed Reserve members going back in time and saying, oh, I would have done something totally different. And judging peers in this day and age, again, Bernanke was a great Fed Reserve member. I think we're going to remember Jerome Powell as he was great during the pandemic and he was not so great coming out of the pandemic. But let history decide that and not someone who's held the job recently. It feels a little bit too, you know, when you see an NFL quarterback go, oh, I would hit the wide open guy. Well, you didn't because you're not playing anymore. You're retired. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Growth concerns have been reinforced out of China this morning, reporting weaker than expected retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset management data for April. India reported banning wheat exports over the weekend, threatening to exasperate food shortages and raising the fear levels in commodity inflation. The outlook for growth in the European Union has been ratcheted down from 4% for 2022, down to 2.7%. The CEO or the senior chairman, not CEO, the old guy who used to run the company, Lloyd Blankfein, said companies should prepare for a recession in the United States. Um, And he was the head of Goldman Sachs. He doesn't – this is going to get tacky. I like listening to Jamie Dimon. Lloyd Blankfein, a little bit too old for me. And I know you're going to say, don't say what you're about to say. Uh, If Biden runs against Trump in the next presidential election, do you realize we'd have an 80-plus-year-old president? And all I'm going to tell you to do is go watch the the movie Bad Grandpa by the guys that made Jackass and ask yourself, do you really want an 80-year-old president? Because my 80-year-old in-laws could be kind of annoying. Just throwing it out there for you. Uh, the 10-year treasury has settled down to 2.91%. That seems to be an area where we may be able to get some work done positively. But to be honest with you, we haven't seen capitulation. It's the big C word. Not that C word, my C word, capitulation. It's when people panic and vomit and they throw up and they don't want anything to do with the stock market. Growth concerns are lingering in people's brains right now. Lack of follow-through from up days. Uh, two days down, one, two days up feels good, but we don't get that third day. 
it goes back down three days. So we're not getting any follow through on the upside, telling you that we're just not there yet and we need capitulation. Here's a joke in my head I can't say. It's the internal editor of, of the airwaves. Um, weakness and growth stocks out there. Companies like Alibaba. Um, they've been upgraded, but they're, they're still on the weak side. Baidu and Alibaba seem to be the two companies that China feels comfortable with the world investing in. China is starting to put together some pretty harsh rules on cryptocurrencies as is the U.S. thinking about it later this year. The European Union started to put together some ideas. I don't think crypto is at a bottom yet. We haven't seen capitulation. Um, over the weekend, we got one, another one of those terrible shootings. And again, it was live streamed on Twitch for about two minutes before the algorithm or a human being took it down. That's something I would be cautious on because every, every time that I've said to myself out loud, don't open that, don't click that, don't watch it, I've always regretted when I did. To 10 people senselessly, um, it's pretty unsettling. With a lot of plans with a, for a lot more. Russia is bankrupt, unable to win, and facing a dead end in the war. It's going to be interesting to see how the summertime plays out. Russia is, they don't have the cash for this. And when you don't have cash, you don't pay your bills. And when you don't pay your bills, you don't have luxuries. You don't have you know lifestyle needs met. But the damage done to the oil infrastructure of the world is, is it's riveting. And even to things like wheat. We're not in for a quick fix right now. We're not going to be talking at the end of the summer like, woohoo, look how great things are. We're looking at October, November before we could start even seeing things that like are like, oh, this isn't so bad. Oh, we're getting used to this now. So gross stock concerns are lingering. This week, we're going to get a lot of earnings report out of Home Depot, out of Walmart, TJ Maxx, Target. So we're going to get a pulse on the consumer on retail sales. Consumer sentiment is at 11-year low right now. Where do we go back to 11 years? Oh, yeah, the last big housing recession we had. We got Mitch McConnell hanging out in Kiev over the weekend, and he's saying, Congress, please pass the $40 billion aid package. Um, McConnell pulled the WW2 quote out. I do think one of the lessons we learned from WW2 is not standing up to aggression early is a huge mistake. Um, I started doing some work on celebrity endorsements of crypto. And we saw them all during the Super Bowl. Celebrities like Matt Damon and Tom Brady have been hawking crypto in high profile ads. But if you invested when they told you to, you're seeing major, major losses. So from the Super Bowl of last year, you're seeing crypto down 50%. Celebrities began pumping crypto in earnest. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. Fortune favors the brave. Crypto.com. I do understand why someone like a Tom Brady and a Matt Damon would take the money. Um, I've been lucky enough never to have to associate with a money grab. 
But if you were to offer me $20 million for a crypto exchange, foreign exchange uh, ad on the show, I'd have to think about it. Right? Am I willing to sell out? When you sell out, lawyers get rich. Everyone gets rich, but you get morally a little bankrupt. But when you start pushing crypto to a surgeon, wonderful. But when you're starting pushing crypto to a dog walker, not so wonderful. And Larry David, LeBron James, um, they've all kind of gotten into it. Um, one billionaire is out there saying today, there's no way Bitcoin will ever be like a Visa or a MasterCard in transactions because they don't have the um, the roads, the infrastructure to handle that many transactions in a day. So one of the things I want you to look at Visa and MasterCard is they're probably a better way to do transactions than, than Bitcoin at this point from buying and selling tra business transactions. Bitcoin does have scarcity. I get it. But so does uh, Cabbage Patch dolls. So does Strawberry Shortcake dolls. So does baseball cards. And just because you create an artificial scarcity doesn't mean that there's going to be transactional value. So when celebrities get involved, that's probably the most dangerous time. It's interesting to note that Matt Damon's not allowed to do a Super Bowl commercial for Rob. Invest with Rob Black and you'll make millions. It's actually against the law. Because the SEC has figured out that Matt Damon will woo you or Tom Brady will go, if Tom Brady likes Rob, you should like Rob. You're too stupid to handle investment decisions on your own. I think you're also too stupid to handle crypto decisions on your own. Should be the thought, but it's not yet. That's a potential strike coming for crypto. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.